You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Let me explain to you something. When we gather together as church, a lot of spiritual things are happening. And people miss on because of our religion and the religious mind. People are waiting for hand to be laid on them, not knowing that God is performing it now. They don't allow themselves to go into the spirit. Hallelujah. They don't allow themselves to mount up in the spirit. And we are here this morning and everything that the spirit is going to do, it will be up to you to tap into it or to go back with where you came. There is, a, there, there is an intention that we need to have when we come into the presence. We must be intentional about the things of God. You know, anytime Jesus did miracles, or, or some of the miracles that Jesus did, sometimes he required the participation of his sick. He will say, stand up. Hallelujah. Stand up. It means if you don't have a guts to try to stand up, you'll be sitting. But when he gives the command, he expects you to act on the command. And people have been taught religiously in church. We come, we sing two or three songs, very nice. We sit down, preaching, go home. And lives are remaining the same. Why don't we do it the other way? where we soaked ourselves in the presence and we go out there filled with the Holy Ghost. In the book of Acts chapter number three, Peter saw a crippled man and he said to the man, look at us, look at us. It means the miracle started when the men give them the attention. When they said to the men, look at us, if he didn't look at them, Peter wouldn't act. Peter wants the man to give his attention, to focus on him. And when men gave him attention, then he started to minister. He said, servant gold I did not have. Remember, he didn't say that before. He said to the man, look at us. But I'm sure the man was already looking at them. Because I was saying, the man thought that everybody that goes to the temple, he asked for a gift. And when Peter and John came, the man was already looking at them. But Peter said, look at us. What does it mean? There needs to be an expectation in your look. I don't catch what I'm saying. There needs to be an expectation connected to your sight. Don't just look at us. Look at us. The same principle happened with women of the issue of blood. Jesus said, somebody touch me. They said, many people are touching you. But somebody touched him with expectation. They said she said to herself, so she was resolute. Before she leaves home, she knew she's going to get a miracle. Oh, my God. She didn't wait for the anointing to be stirred. She didn't wait for the worship team to create an atmosphere. When she was leaving home, she said, today is my day of miracles. How many people leave home with that intention? 
Are you living coming to church or are you going, are you coming having a meeting with the Lord? When you left home and you say, this is my encounter day, I'm telling you God will not pass you by. But people don't have that mindset in church anymore. We don't come with the idea of having an encounter. Listen, when you really want an encounter, you go after it. You go after it. You go after it. Look, I was, my wife, we were in East London. And uh, there was a man that was preaching. And he gave a testimony, uh, Tracy. And he said he was under the ministry of Kenneth Hagen. Uh, 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 prayed for him. I said, then you're going to pray for me. Because these are the people that I, I, I'm looking up to. And you were in their meetings. They lay hands on you. I want your hands to be laid on me. Because I know that the anointing is transferable. I know that, that there is legacy in the anointing. So if somebody has, some, these people have touched this man, I want him to touch me. I was hungry for the presence. I went to Dr. Andre. I said, you have something I don't have. I see this dome. I see what you have done. Lay your hands on me because you have something I don't have. It takes you to humble yourself to get the presence. If you think you have it all, you will never get it. You need to be desperate. You need to be hungry for God. You need to know that I have not arrived because there are people running ahead of me. I need the grace. I need the grace. But some of you come here. You don't de- make a demand on the anointing in this house. You come here. You sit here. Every Sunday we preach. You don't know. You don't know that there is an anointing. You don't put a demand on that anointing. Put a demand on that anointing. Look, look, I was here for a few hours, and, and Dr. Andre came to me and said, I want you to, to preach before we give the offering. I want you to preach at the offering. I mean, I was just for a few hours, but the man said, I want you to speak. Look, look, we, we were there, and the old pastor came to us, an elderly man. He came to us. When we got into the room, it was like celebrities, because we are preaching on Faith TV. I didn't know so many people know me in the nation. People were like, wow. The, the, the pastor came to me and said, I am so humble today. I can see you face to face. I, I said, and he started to give me testimony. He said, my wife and I were about to quit the ministry. He said, our people, he said, spiritual father Weber has died. But the man is not a young man. And he said, our church was almost scattered. And my wife and I, we sat, we say, let's give up and let's move on. He said, you came on Faith TV. You gave a word. It changed my ministry. You know, the man said, can we have a picture with you? I want to show to my wife that I met you today. He said, we are so humble to touch you today in flesh. We've been watching you. He sent me a message in the meeting. He said, are you going to preach here? While I was in the meeting, I was sitting. He said, are you going to speak? I said, my God, these are people that are in Johannesburg that are craving for what is in this house. These are, these are people, one word changed their life, but you, you have 10 words that does not change your life. Why I realize that many of us, we don't have a proper expectation. We, we have become familiar to what God is doing. We have become acquainted to what God is doing. So every Sunday, you know it will be more or less the same. You are, you, you are acquainted to the move. That's what the disciples did. The disciples were with Jesus. And they said, there's a woman with an alabaster box. She entered the room while Jesus was sitting. She broke it and she started to, 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 to put the perfume on the feet of Jesus. And the people said, it was a waste. Why do I think it was a waste? Because they are acquainted to Jesus. 
This Jesus has walked with them the whole day. He, he sometimes they seem tired. He tells them, I'm hungry. So they did not know the divinity at, at work in him. Therefore, when the woman came and worshipped him, they didn't understand why a worship to a man. And Jesus said, she has done that for my period. Now, the sound of that worship restored the woman because she acknowledged what was in Jesus. People, I'm telling you, if you come to a place and you have no idea of the anointing working in the place, you will go back the same. 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 You can see in our email box, every week, Kenyans are begging us to go and preach there. You can ask Sean. He brings me the pile of invitation. Sometimes I say to him, leave this one. We can't go through this one. People are saying, come, come, come. I want to, I want to tell you something. You don't know what you have. Let me tell you something. Even you have a grace upon your life, you don't even know it. How would you know another grace? You think you are just, a, just sitting here. You don't know that you are loaded with the benefit of heaven. You don't know. You don't know. And when you don't know, it does not work. It doesn't work. Let me, let me take you just somewhere. The Bible says, <laughs> in the book of First Corinthians chapter number six. We want to read from verse eighteen to nineteen. Can you put it on the on the screen? Verse First Corinthians chapter number six, verse eighteen to nineteen. Are you here with me? Yes. Are you hungry for God? Yes. Are you desperate for the presence of God? Yes. And I'm telling you, God is going to do something. Let's read it. It says, "Free sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside of the body. But he who commits a sexual immorality sins." Let's go on. Against his own body. Now let's verse 19. Oh, do you not know? Say it with me. Oh, do you not know? Let's read it now. That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. And you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now the apostle Paul was trying to persuade them to flee from sexual immorality. And, 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 and he said to them, oh, do you not know? It means that he is saying to them, you are in sexual immorality because you don't know. If you only knew that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, we won't have to encourage you to flee from sexual immorality because you will understand. You will understand the grace. He said, oh, don't you know? Don't you know who you are? When you don't know who you are, you take yourself cheap. He said, flee from sexual immorality. Because every sin that a man commits, it's outside of a body. But sexual immorality pollutes the body. Oh, don't you know the value of your body? In a way, Paul was saying, my God, Paul was saying to them, every other sin, every other sin can do away with. But the one that touches your body, there is a problem. Because your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. He was not undermining other sins, but he was putting in perspective for them to tell them that your body is precious because your body belongs to another one. He said you have a tabernacle of the Holy Ghost. 
I don't know if people know that when they wake up, the Holy Ghost is in them. I don't know if they, they have that idea. Let, listen, I don't know when they walk in town, if they know who is walking in them. Don't you know? He said, you are not your own. You've been bought. You've been bought. Listen, in, in Petersburg, I gave them that imagery, and I started with, 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 with the Old Testament. When the cloud was coming on the tabernacle, and the cloud on the tabernacle made the tabernacle holy in a way that they pursue the cloud where they, they, they pursue where the cloud went. When the tabernacle was pitched and the cloud came, they know they must settle. When the cloud moved, they know they must go. And I told them that in Acts chapter number two, that cloud came in you. Don't you know? He said, You are not yourself. You were bought. You are not, you don't belong to yourself. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit. Your body and your spirit, not just your spirit, your body and your spirit, which are God's. The only place that you need a renewal is your soul. You don't need a renewal in your body. You need to submit your body. There is no such a thing as renew your body, but there is something that renew your soul. It means that the soul is the deposit of your old man. So when you are born again, you need to educate the old man in the ways of the Lord and cause that old man to die by starving. So, so, so your way of thinking needs to be re-educated in the word of God. It means I don't think according to myself anymore. I think according to the word of God. If the word of God says I'm healed, even if my soul says you are in pain, I still believe the healing of the word of God because I have set myself to believe what God says. Now this statement, you are not your own. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I have few implications. The first implication is that like I told you previous Sunday, you are God's inheritance. Hallelujah. I say you are God's inheritance. I say you are God's inheritance. And I told that an inheritance does not fight for itself. The owner of the inheritance fight for it. Number two, you have, you have protection. Because everybody protects his own body. And if you have a temple of God and your body is for God, then God protects you. He said in the book of Psalm 34, 34 verse 7, he said, the angel of the Lord encamps all around who fear him and put them all out of danger. Why? Because his spirit dwells in them. Oh, somebody help me. When you discover that reality, that your body is not your own, you don't make decisions based on your own understanding anymore. You don't put something on your body without consulting with the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you like it or not. You need to be intentional about this. Holy Spirit, is that what you want? Otherwise, we'll do whatever we want. You understand? If today I feel like shaving and then something stand here, I do it. If I feel like putting here, I do it because it's me. But I must ask the Holy Ghost. If I walk with the Spirit and my body belongs to Him and I do something without telling Him, I'm in violation of a spiritual law. Imagine I go to your house. I take your shirt and I go to the tailor and I say, listen, it's long sleeve, put it short sleeve for me. Without asking you. And I come and put it in your wardrobe and Monday you want to go to work. You take your shirt, but when did it become like this? 
No, somebody came there and made a short sleeve because he thinks it's better to have short sleeve. You, you, you don't belong to yourself. People listen to me this morning. You don't belong. Christianity that tells you you belong to yourself is not Christianity. You belong to a master. You belong to Jesus. You belong to God. You don't belong to yourself anymore. We are not here to preach halfway Christianity. You don't belong to yourself. Say, I don't belong to myself. Say, I belong to a master. Hallelujah. Now, the second thing that happens is that you become one spirit with him. Ha. You are one spirit. Say, I am one spirit with him. I am one spirit with him. Therefore, my spirit and, I, and his spirit become one. Oh, my God. My spirit and his spirit become one. It's in, your, it's in the scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Let's read it. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Please, stay with me. Stay with me. We, we're going to, to end it somewhere. Stay with me. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But he who is joined to the Lord is what? Read it again. One, two, three. Do you know that by new birth you are joined to the Lord? And do you know that you are one spirit with the Lord? You are one spirit with the Lord. So the spirit of the Lord is one spirit with your spirit. Hallelujah. You become, say, I am one spirit with the Lord. Say it again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are one spirit with the Lord. If you are one spirit with the Lord, you do what the Lord does. You can be one spirit with the Lord and do something the Lord is not you become one. Look at Jesus. He said, me and my father, we are one. And he said, I do nothing unless I see the father doing it. That was, that was the proof that they were one. Me and my father, he said to Philip, Philip said, show us the father. He said, Philip, I've been with you for so long and you don't know me. He who has seen me has seen the father. Can I shock you? The Bible says that those who love me, me and my father will come and have our dwelling in him. Ah, he said that so that they may be one with us. So, 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 so God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost have decided to have their abode in you. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. It feels like it's passing over your head. I don't know if you get what I, because if you get what I'm saying, you will look different. That begging mentality will go away. That, that mentality of, hey, I'm just here, I don't know, it will go away. You are born of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God dwells in you. The Bible says, if the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, Romans 8, 11, it shall vitalize your mortal body. I don't know who is dwelling in you, but the Spirit that pulled Christ out of the dead dwells in Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Now, if all these are true, then you are a child of God. You are a child of a living God. Say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm a child of God. Do you know what a child of God means? You are a reproduction of God. You are a peculiar person. 
you have exited from the human race and you have come to the place of the children of God. You have come to the place of the sons of God that have, that have jurisdiction on this earth to, 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 to make laws on this earth. You are not ruled by governments. The problem that we are having is that people are living in this world as if they are of this world. They don't know that you live in this world, but not of this world. So they have become of this world. Therefore, the condition of this world affects them. We're living by the standard of this world. We're living by the economy of this world. We're living by everything of this world. Every season affects you. This morning I have come to tell you there is something in you. Uh, or oh, let me put it plainly. There is somebody in you. Amen. I say there is somebody in you. There is somebody in you. Do you know what it means? You are possessed. Yes. When we say we are possessed, you see devils. If devil can possess people, why can't God possess? Do you know what the Holy Ghost did? He possessed you. Therefore, no demon can possess you back. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are possessed by the power of God. You are possessed. That's why I say you are not on your own. You are possessed. You have been driven by somebody else from the inside. Somebody else is speaking from the inside. Somebody else is giving instruction from the inside. Somebody else is sitting from the inside. His name is the Holy Spirit. Say so you are possessed. People go, <laughs> no. This possession I'm talking about, cast out fear. This possession I'm talking about, cast out devils. Have you, have you ever seen a witch doctor casting out the Holy Spirit from the life of a Christian? Have you seen that? Have you seen one day that any other religion may try to cast out Jesus or the Holy Ghost out of the life of people? What verse they say? Renounce him. When they want to kill, they say you must renounce. But they can't cast him out of you. We, when we get the witch doctors, we say we're casting the devil out of you. So you, 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 you work on Holy Ghost power. You have the power of God within yourself. Are you blessed? Be after God. And you'll see things changing in your life. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. It boils down to this. Knowing identity. And pursuing God. I said knowing identity and pursuing God. Say that with me. Say knowing identity and pursue. Say it again. Say it again. The Bible says we have received the spirit by which we cry Abba, Father. Romans 8, 15. We have received, put it there. Put Romans 8, 15. I want to see what it says there. Let's go on. Thank you, Jesus. My God, help us. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage. 
Oh, beauty, don't take it away. You do not receive the spirit of what? So you didn't receive an evil spirit. Say, I didn't receive an evil spirit. He said, you didn't receive the spirit of bondage to fear. So the spirit of bondage makes you fearful. Every fear is bondage. You fear you're going to die, it's bondage. You are in bondage. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you are possessed, I say you are in bondage. Uh-huh. Any spirit that makes you fearful is a bondage. If you are afraid that you won't have enough money to go through the month, you are in bondage. You know what God told me? Put it there. God told me, son, if you are making calculation to give, you are not a giver. If you take your money and say, okay, I'm going to give 10 rent because I have 100, you are not a giver. Can I say it again? Anytime you calculate to give, you are not a Yes. Because you, you give a bit and you expect God to bless you big. That is wrong. God told me every time. And not only in giving. He said, if you calculate your time when you seek me, you are not a God seeker. He said, when you want to seek me and you think, sure, I can only do 10 minutes, you are not a seeker. You must, we must leave yourself go. And if God step you, stop you after 10 minutes, praise God. If he stop you after 10 minutes, praise God. Don't, 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 hey, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. When you get into the presence, don't set time. You can set time to enter, but don't set time to get out. Let him tell you to get out. He said, no, I'm busy. I must, I must be here. Then start early. You know, people, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Hi! If you want the presence, you cannot go halfway. There is no such a thing as halfway. There is no thing like halfway. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to say this to you. One day God told me, take a fast of 45 days. And he said, you don't eat food. Food. I'm going to allow to eat food in the evening. But just banana and apple for 45 days. I said, Lord, how am I going to do that? He said, do you want me or do you want your body? Some of you are afraid that your muscle will go. That's why you can't fast. God gave me that instruction. I've never told you. But he gave him the instruction. And when I finished, my, foot, my feet were swollen because there was no iron in me anymore. I thought I was going to die. But the Lord gave me grace. You know, it was so good. At the stage, he told me, drink milk. Because I was dying now. <laughs> you see, let me tell you something. If you are not hungry for God, nothing will happen to you. You will die as a mere man. There is nothing, there is nothing supernatural that you will access. You, you, you will be a, a, a people that is in his mind until you die. I refuse to die like a chicken. The chicken death, I refuse. I, 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 don't, didn't I explain to you how chicken die? You know, 
it, it, where I come from, on the 31st of January, we slaughtered chickens. But then on that day, we were being slaughtered. They are still eating. They don't know what is coming to them. They jump around. They don't know at a certain time they're going to be slaughtered. So they have no clue when they're going to pass on. Because they are just chickens. You need to be so acquainted to the Spirit of God that in advance God tells you stuff. And you can say, I'm setting my house in order because the Lord has told me it's my time to exit. We don't want to hear, oh, Boris went so, oh, he died. Why? Why? Pursue God. Say, I'm going to set myself to pursue the presence of God. And, and I'm not talking about, uh, 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 no, say, though, I don't want to put myself under bondage. It's not bondage. Pursuing God is never bondage. It's hunger. There are two levels. There is hunger and there is starvation. <laughs> you don't see what I'm saying? People that are, that are hungry can pick food still. I don't like this one. I want this one. You are hungry. When you are starving, When you are starving, anything is good. When you, are not, when you are hungry, you can say, I don't like speaking in tongues because me, I'm not. When you are hungry, you say, no, me, this thing of miracle, I'm not in. When you are starving, you take all of God. You say, God, I want everything. I want everything that belongs to you. I'm starving. Today is your day. Yeah. I said today is your day. Yeah. I said today is your day. Before we do the offering, I want those who are hungry for God. My God. I'm not talking, don't come here if you're not hungry. Don't, don't, don't annoy me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <sighs> those who say I want to break the limitation and go to another level. With God, because it's so much in God, but I have only only so little. It's so much in God, I have only so little. God says he's he's about to change. He's he's about to change something in in the life of somebody. God is about to shift somebody from a normal Christianity to a God seeker. Hallelujah. Amen. I say hallelujah. Amen. When you walk with God, let me tell you something. When you walk with God, people will speak against you. If people are not speaking against you, seek God. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. He said, those who want to follow me in this world will suffer. He's talking about what? The strife of man against you. He's not talking about you not having money to pay your bills. That is not suffering. That is something else. People were persecuting Christians. That's what he's talking about. As a Christian, you must welcome persecution. When we talk about you, you are going to tell them something. What is that? 
We welcome it. I say we welcome it. When people say you are a false, you welcome it. Because Jesus said they will say that. So it means you are doing something for Jesus. He said, be, be, be careful if men are praising you, if everybody is praising you. So in a service like that, maybe somebody is offended. Praise God for that. It means I'm saying something that is hitting you to be called. That's why you are offended. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here and you don't know Jesus and you want to make peace with Jesus today, can you lift up your hand from where you are and say, today is my day. I want to receive Jesus. Thank you, my sister. Is there more? Please, come on, come on. Lift up your hand. There is more. Hallelujah. There is more. There is more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you, can you stand up from where you are? Please, my sister. Please, my friend. Stand up. Yeah, the one at the back. Stand up. Stand up. Hallelujah. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Give your life to Jesus today. Give your life to Christ today. This is your opportunity. Hallelujah. Come in front. Come in front quickly. Come in front. Come in front. Come see me. Uh, Graham, come lead them to the Lord because they will fall under your ministry there. Come. Come. For I want to make an announcement. We decided that discipleship will start at nine. So at nine, while we are here, they will go to the school because there are some stuff that they need to understand before they can join big service. So they do it from nine to ten. So if you are here and you are a newcomer, or if you are in the church and you don't have the basics, from nine to ten, you don't come here, you go to the school. That's where discipleship will take place. So these people, you are candidate from next Sunday nine. Pray for pray with them. Okay. Okay, con congratulations. Uh, I just wanted to, I want you to understand that this morning, God has opened your spiritual eyes and, and that spiritual desire inside your heart, you must never let that go. You must never let that get stolen. So what I want you to do is I want you to pray this not because I'm leading you. I want you to pray this because you desire this with everything in your heart and you've decided, like what Prophet has spoken this morning, that nothing is going to steal this from you. Okay, so, and I, I hope to see you all next Sunday at 9 o'clock at, at this school. So what I want you to do is I want you to bow your heads and then just pray after me. But pray only if you mean it. Mean it with all your heart that you cut to the heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive of all my sins. I ask you to come live in my heart. I ask you to pour your Holy Spirit into my heart. Holy Spirit, I desire you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to lead me. I accept you as Lord and Savior. I commit the rest of my life into your hands. And I thank you for your grace on my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.